you got money all over the freaking place. It stresses me out looking at all these accounts. Why do you put your money into Roth IRAs? The big thing that I, I see, Isaac, is your consumption right now, 93%. That's not sustainable. AI, I think, is the most exciting, terrifying thing for the IT space. We have clients at Better Wealth that make a half a million dollars a year in the IT space working for somebody. And the only difference between them and you is their perception of value is far greater than yours. Hey guys, it's Caleb Williams. With Hi, my name is Isaac. I'm from Wisconsin. I'm 26, and this is the Naked Numbers Show. Isaac, welcome to Naked Numbers, man. It is an honor to have you on. Um, before we jump into your financial life, how much you, money you make, your assets, liabilities, and, and the whole nine yards, wanted to just get a little bit of context of why you scheduled Naked Numbers, why you decided to come on. I, I, I just want to commend every single person that comes on the show to ask questions and also ultimately share your financial life. So what compelled you to be on the show? Yeah, um, mainly just to get a better snapshot of how we're doing financially. And you know, sometimes during, uh, I think this season, especially where there's just so so much turbulence financially, uh, it's helpful to have a breakdown of just how you're doing and maybe some areas where you're, you're doing well and some areas that you can improve upon. So that was kind of the main motivation is just to gain some more clarity on where we're at as a family financially. Amazing. Amazing. You said family. Um, why don't you give a little bit of context of what does family look like for you? You live in, you live in Wisconsin. Uh, we're going to dive into your numbers, but like, tell me a little bit about yourself. And then um, if you had one burning question when, as it relates to your finances, what would that one thing be? Sure. So I'm, I'm married. I have a beautiful wife, Julie. We've been married uh, for a little over a year and a half. And we also have an eight month or eight week year old daughter named Kelsey. Uh, so yeah, we're super, super happy and um, just so thankful for what we've been given um, with, with family. And um, as far as a question, um, I guess just there's a couple that came to mind, but I guess one of them would just be all of the different retirement accounts that I have. And is there a better way to maybe streamline them or just keep them all separate? Because uh, with various jobs and ways that I've set them up uh, over time, they've all been kind of scattered and it's hard to, yep. it kind of is hard to keep track of them all. So that was one thing I wanted to ask you about. Cool. I got, I, I have a question before we jump in. How has being a dad, it's eight Eight weeks. Eight weeks. How has being been being a dad changed the way that you think? Has has anything changed the way that you think as it relates to your money and your work, or ha not really? Yeah, it's a great question. Honestly, it has just in the sense I, I care so much now that I have a daughter that I really want to be even more wise with just how we spend money, how we save money and prepare for her future too. Cause now it's not just Julie and I, it's it's her as well, our daughter. And I think just having that mindset of, uh, we have another generation that we're raising here. It kind of has that renewed focus of, well, how can I earn more? How can I save more? How can I be outrageously generous with, uh, with giving and stuff yeah. too? So um, it definitely has yeah. a heightened sense of, uh, the future, I would say. It's awesome. And I will say that uh, people that are part of our community, there's some tremendous 
families, just some incredible examples. And so in the comments, if you could give Isaac and slash me uh, for my future kids, uh, just advice on what do you wish you would have known when you first had your your first kid or um, looking back on how you've parented, like we're just, that, that's a that's something that, you know, I would I would love to learn. I'm sure Isaac, knowing you, you would soak all of that up. So, um, all right, let's, 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 let's jump in. Um, you have um, an IT job and uh, mm -hmm. that you, you make uh, $58,000 on. Um, mm -hmm. So I want to dive in a little bit about that. And then you and your wife both uh, teach music and you make about $15,000 each uh, mm -hmm. when you look at the whole year. And, and I, I believe that, you know, some months are more busy than others. Yes. Um, that's bringing your total household income to 88000 uh, tell me a little bit about your IT job and then your music. Um, do you see n number one? Just tell me about it. And then what are like what I want to do is is almost do like a SWOT analysis. What are the strengths here? What are some of the weaknesses? What are some of the opportunities and threats? And so I'm analyzing everything on emotionally, but I want to hear from you. Um, do you like your job? What are the what's the upside in there? Do you see yourself being there long term? And then talk to me about the music stuff, because I do know in just reading through that you might want to like start an LLC and, and maybe yep. take that a little bit more seriously. And so I want to just hear uh, that and I'll just be taking notes. Sounds great. Yeah. So with my IT job, I, I really do enjoy what I, what I do there just because it's, it's very flexible and uh, the, the work itself is very um, it's, it's meaningful in the sense that I feel like I'm contributing to the success of the company. And uh, I really love the team that I'm on as well. So I really like my position overall. And the nice thing too, about the company I work for is that there's a lot of opportunities for growth too. So they're very much about, uh, continuing to, uh, to invest in their, um, employees and just helping them grow as well. So I definitely see myself at this company in it for, um, for a while, definitely enjoy did it. Did you go to school for IT? I did not. No, I was uh, pre-med actually. And I was um, thinking, okay. about, uh, yeah, going the medical route, becoming a doctor. And then uh, when I, I actually looked at multiple things, but one of the big things was I got into school and didn't really enjoy it as much as I enjoyed shadowing PTs. And then yep. also the long-term investment of basically taking out a home mortgage for uh, schooling didn't sit quite well with me either. Yeah. <laughs> not, it's definitely not for everyone. So you make uh, 58,000, you've worked there for a year and a half. Have they given you a raise and yeah. do you, do you expect to make a 3% increase every year? What's your thoughts around that? Yeah, uh, with promotions and raises and such, I would definitely expect to be making around 3% uh, heading into the next year. Um, and yeah, I've, I've been there a year and a half. Last year, I did get um, a, a little bit of a raise as well. I'm not quite sure if it was 3%, but it was um, like a couple thousand more um, per year. So. Cool. And, and where, where you live, it's obviously cheaper to live than other parts around the country. Um, and so t talk to me about the music. Um, it, both you and Julie both make 15,000. Um, it has a squiggly line, so that's give or take. Um, Approximately. I, I know your, I know your wife just had a kid. I don't know if she's continuing to plan to do music. Um, talk to me about that. And, and do you see this even like, do you see this continuing continuing to be a thing or do you see it increasing decreasing what are your thoughts around that 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, we both teach music lessons and we do, we've been doing that for a while now. And she actually, my wife just started back up teaching again, just a few students, but, um, yeah, it does. Our income does fluctuate with that just based upon how many students we have. And usually the summer's a little bit lighter just with, um, more kids being off school. We primarily teach children. So, um, as far as it increasing or decreasing, um, it very, I, I mean, I would expect it to increase a little bit more um, just with we, we tend to give ourselves raises just as we gain more experience, we charge a little bit more. And then, um, yeah, even in, in terms of traveling to other people's homes, we'll, we'll have a little bit more of a travel fee and such. Um, I I think too just the longevity of this. I I don't know if it'll be fully sustainable for us to both teach long term, especially as we uh, continue to grow our family, uh, Lord willing, as well. But it's it's definitely something in the here and now that we both love to do and we're able to do well. Yeah. So one of the things that I'm looking at is I'm looking at when. Um, as it relates to your model, I think of inputs, money coming in, where it's going. And so should we just keep that consistent? Um, or do you see a world where you guys are going to stop? Or do you think I should put a 3% increase? Like everything that we're doing here is trying to model cash flow. Do you, do you just feel comfortable just keeping it at 15, knowing that there's going to be years ups or downs? Or are you pretty committed to continuing to grow as of right now? I think just to be safe, probably keeping it at 15 would be best. Okay just with some of the okay, unknown. Cool. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. All right. So, so you're 26 years old. Mm-hmm. Your household is making 88,000. Congrats. Thank you. Uh, you live in, live in Wisconsin. Let's look at your assets, not including your house. Cause I do know that you're a homeowner. Um, mm-hmm. It looks like you have $40,000 give or take um, depending on where the market's at today. Um, right. And you got money all over the freaking place. You got, yeah. um, you got um, multiple IRAs. You have a 401k that looks like there's a match. Um, you're you're contributing right now into the Roth, uh, 1,200 a year, mm-hmm. and then you're and then you're you're putting about 4,600 into your 401k, and you're it looks like you're also getting that match, um, yeah. which is which is awesome. Um, you you have a high yield savings account that you have. Um, about a thousand dollars in. Is there anything I'm missing here? So you got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine different type of accounts. We'll look at that in a second. And then you have a high yield savings account. Is there is there checking or anything else that you want to put as it relates to your assets? Um, I mean, I do have savings and checking. Um, I guess it should be noted that uh, two of those, uh, one of the IRAs and one of the high yield savings accounts, I just uh, cashed those out actually, just to, um, I didn't didn't really have much money in there anyways. So two of those are no longer existent and those were just transferred over to savings. Okay, and when you say you cash out an IRA, like is that a traditional IRA? Yes. Okay. And, and you remember, and you just transfer that over to savings. Okay. So you're, you understood that there was going to be some tax, but we're talking very minimal in the grand scheme of things. Very minimal. Um, Okay. And then how much is in your savings right now? Uh, Currently, let's see here. I'm right around 16,000 in savings. Okay. And then in your checking? In checking right around 7,000. 7,000. Great. Okay. 
Um, and, and so your money goes into, goes into here. Does it stay about the same or does it, it or uh, there's from a standpoint of like your, yeah, it, it by and large stays the same with a few medical bills that we've had over the, um, you know, past couple months, it, it dipped down a little bit more, but generally it, it's even keeled and, and doesn't dip cool. too far down. So not including your mortgage, you actually have about 60 $60,000 between Ross, IRAs, 401k, and checking and savings. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's awesome, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Um, one of the things that I'll just walk through is um, why, why do you put your money into Roth IRAs? Why do you match? Obviously, it's, I think it's to get dollar for dollar match. So I, I understand that. But why? I see that you have a ton of money kind of all over the place, Edward Jones and others. And it's just, I assume it's all in some type of index fund or mutual fund. Yes, that is correct. Yeah. Um, what, I mean, uh, <laughs> what is your reasoning behind like behind that? Yeah. Um, part of it was some of the IRA accounts were just from past jobs that I've had. And I just had a couple hundred bucks in there and then really didn't contribute much. Some of them I actually just started when I was just uh, self-employed and I would just, I, I formed um, a couple of Roth IRAs uh, through a couple of different uh, accounts and then just contributed there. But I guess more of the why was because um, my dad is fairly financially savvy and he uh, just thought that this was one of the best avenues for saving for retirement to um, put money into a Roth first and then into a traditional IRA. Um, and yep. that's by and large more of the why is because my okay. my dad did it. So Amazing. And yeah. and not a lot of 26 year olds can say, I have $60,000 and counting. And so it's, uh, I think the discipline um, is pretty, is pretty incredible. What kind of rate of return are you averaging on your, I'm not going to go through each account, but like on average, when it comes to the market, have you been tracking that? Um, or honestly, I haven't been tracking it very well, but I think it's right around 6% if I had to okay. guesstimate. Okay. Okay, cool. We'll, we'll use that as a metric as we're going forward. What I want to do is take some of these projections and just, just go forward and see if we did nothing else, where would we be? And, sure. and then what that looks like on the back end, because I think what a lot of people do is they invest, but they don't actually know the reason why they're investing. Like they know it to accumulate, but they don't know how that's going to translate. And I, I, I'll walk through and that's, it's going to really open your eyes to be like, at least it's going to create like a benchmark of, of when you make financial decisions, like you should compare everything to what you're currently doing. Is this better or worse than what I'm currently doing? Sure. Um, so I think that's, I think that's good. Do you have any questions about your assets so, so far? I'm just going through and getting uh, clarity and then we're going to go, then it's going to be like the fun. What are the different things that we can do? Sure. Uh, other than that question I opened with, as far as uh, would it be best to consolidate or just leave them be? Yeah, I, really my only. I'm a fan of peace of, peace of mind. Um, I don't want to throw any rocks, but I, I don't know. You're Edward Jones. Are you contributing to that? That that's one of the ones that I closed out. Okay. Okay. Cool. Okay. So yeah. just so everyone knows, like we're talking less than two hundred dollars. So chill right. out on all the people that are like you're paying tax. Like yeah, I, I think. Uh, <laughs> 
I think uh, you, you're going to have one less ice cream cone on the taxes that you're paying. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, so I, yeah, I'm a fan of consolidating. Just um, peace. Steve Jobs had this like cliche, like he doesn't think about clothes kind of deal. Just, you know, and I'm a fan of like automate where you can automate and, and it stresses me out looking at all these accounts when in the reality you could have two accounts. Um, when I, when I look at the accounts that you've given. So I think you, yes, you should look at just consolidating. Obviously the 401k has got to stay where that's going to stay. And then it looks like Vanguard is great. The reason I love Vanguard is low fees. And, um, I would, I would be, I would look into, and again, this is not investment advice, legal advice, insurance advice, estate planning advice. We're going to have a disclaimer at the beginning of this video. I'm, this is for educational purposes only. Um, so I have to say that because, um, people can take this out of context. What, what I would, what I would do though, is, you know, obviously, um, your HSA is awesome. Keep, keep doing yeah. that. Um, and then, and then you consolidate where you can consolidate. And if you feel good, I'm a fan of Vanguard low fees. Um, you know, we, we have a, a company that helps people manage their assets, but it really only makes sense if you want that extra help. And especially as it relates to distribution planning of where mm -hmm. that is. And you're, you're right now you should be, if you're going to go the stock market route, you should try to get as high rate of return as possible. Like obviously in with, with caveat, but if you're going to take this route, you should understand your risk profile and really bet on America. Like that's really the pitch to the index funds. It's like, I'm putting my money, I'm betting on America. Um, and, and for some, for many of you, uh, it's, it's going to be awesome. Um, it's not a strategy that I love, but, but again, I, I have a different view of control and there's other assets that I invest in. And if, if real estate and business are not things that interest you or something that you're like, Hey, I'm, I'm excited about, then probably the market is the very next best thing that I would, I would say, yeah, do that and make sure that fees and understand, you know, like if you're only getting 6% long-term, like I think we could do better if you, if you long-term were in the right, um, portfolio. So I would, what I would say as we kind of final this and go, I go on to liabilities is understand your risk tolerance. And a lot of times there's a lot of free things that you can go do. Um, if you stick with Vanguard, the fees are pretty low, which is awesome. And then, um, put, put yourself in a portfolio long-term and maybe model something like a target date fund. Um, okay. and again, this is all in context with the money you currently have. I think going forward, one of the things that we'll talk about is where you should be putting future money. Sure. Um, but the money that you currently have, I think it's great that you've accumulated this and we're going to do the compounded, what that's going to be in the future. And I think that you're going to be encouraged to know that you're getting a head start where, whereas a lot of people have, aren't even close to where you are when you factor in your age. Sounds good. Okay. Um, liabilities, it looks like you have a $10,000 student loan at 6.28%. Is that, are you currently making any payments on that? I am. Yes. Uh, what are the payments? The dollar amount, or just yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And are, what's the minimum payment? Yeah, so it's one hundred sixty-six dollars a month. One hundred sixty-six, and what are you making on that? Like, what are you actually paying? Just the minimum? I I believe so. Yeah, okay. I'm not one hundred percent certain. But... Um, okay, and I'm just I'm just doing a quick analyzing. Do you know what term this is? No, I don't. How many years you have? Um, 
yeah, I didn't really look into that all that much. But uh, one of the things, Isaac, when when it comes to just under, looking at debt, like I actually think that this debt is is totally fine. Um, I take the loan balance, which is ten thousand, mm-hmm. and then we divide it by the minimum payment, which is one sixty six. And if you do that number, um, ten thousand divided by one sixty six, you get a number that's sixty, um, and which which means it's it's like it's not a great loan, um, but it's not like a horrible loan. But okay. it's 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 right right there on like I definitely would pay that puppy off, especially if you're only earning six percent in your investments. Like there's you could make the argument that you could keep doing what you're doing or pay that thing off. the the other The other thing to just look at is um, the rate of return. If you if you're confident over a long period of time that you can earn more than what you're paying, math would say put your money in alternative things. Um, but if, if that's not the case, you'd be better off paying, paying that off and freeing up that cash flow. And so I look at your, your debt situation and it's, um, you're doing great. I mean, that's, that's the only thing. And so you, you can, um, do you have any questions there or. I don't, I don't think so. I've already paid that down quite a bit. Um, so yeah, I, I think, yeah, that, that makes sense. I just wasn't sure if, uh, striving for paying that off sooner rather than later would be better because it's, it is a federal loan and it has a relatively high interest rate. But, um, I, I don't know if it, you're basically saying if you can earn a little bit more than uh, the interest rate, then maybe invest in other areas. Or- yeah. I'm saying, I'm saying we're talking $10,000. Like if you would feel better paying it off, go for it. Um, mm-hmm. I would not recommend you drain your savings right now to pay mm-hmm. that off. I'm, I'm a big fan of, Keep, and I'll share this in a moment where it's like build up your emergency fund. So I think, uh, you know, I, I think it's right. If it was at a 9%, 10%, I'd be like, hey, maybe you should stop investing in your 6% in index and knock yeah. this thing out. Um, but I also, um, you know, I think I think currently it's, it's not a super efficient loan. It's not like great, but mm-hmm. it's not like horrible, horrible. It's kind of in, in the middle. So. Okay. All right, so you have a home that you bought. Yes. Uh, you the market value is three hundred thousand. You have an interest rate at six point five, which is kind of brutal for mortgage. Mm-hmm. Um, unpaid balance of two nineteen. So you have some equity. Congrats, and Thanks. then you have payment of seven seventeen hundred. So talk to me through this, and I also know that you, um, there it's like a remodel. Um, you're, you're doing maybe a little bit of work on the house. So tell me a little bit about that and the vision for, for your home. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we purchased it last November. So we were almost uh, a year into owning a home. Um, and yeah, we, we haven't done a ton as far as remodeling, but yeah, we were able to just put in a few new, uh, like a different sink. And then we were able to renovate the dining area just a little bit as well, but nothing major. Although we'd like to maybe save up for a kitchen remodel, perhaps within, within the next couple of years or so. But, um, but yeah, that's okay. about it. We, we do use, um, there's a newer addition to the home where we teach our music lessons from. So that's something I'd like to maybe ask if we go the LLC route as far as write-offs and things of that nature, how that would work. 
Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm it's the answer is yes. You don't need an LLC to write certain things off. So that will be a huge win for you. Um, the, so you're, you're spending about 23% of your income on housing, which is, which is decent. It's good. Um, what's your credit? What are your, is your, your and Julie's credit? Okay. Yeah, we have, we have good credit. Mm-hmm. I think, looking for the FICO the score or anything? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't, it's, it's above 700, it is. 700. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. I think it's, yeah, so I, I think, think I think one of the things, 800, so. Okay, cool. Awesome. Um, I think one of the things to just highlight is you have a home, which is awesome. And if and when interest rates go down, it will be awesome. Like it it will be incredible to, um, is this a 30 year mortgage? Yes. Okay. It's going to be incredible to, um, as interest rates, if they do come down to refinance. And so the cool thing is you locked, you locked yourself in, you have a home, you're not over obligating yourself. It's 23% of your income's going to the home, but know that as, as interest rates potentially come down in the future, um, you have an opportunity to potentially lower your payment and potentially be able to pull out more money. You already have $80,000 of equity. Mm-hmm. And that again, right now at, at six and a half percent, looking at your financial situation, there's no play. There's no play of like, I would never say, you know, take a home equity or take a loan to do other things, but um, rates come down and you might have something that is like more, something that you're more confident in. Like that is a huge opportunity that so many people are able to use. Um, I do believe that um, the house that you are up Brought, brought in is a fan of paying off your home. Is that a goal that you have or what is your thoughts on paying off your home or just philosophy there? Yeah, uh, it's definitely something that I would in, love to be able to do at some point uh, to, to pay it off fully, but I also would like to be able to enjoy the here and now as well. So um, cool. I'd be opposed yeah. to uh, <laughs> you know spending a little bit more just on some experiences and, you know, raising a family and such, uh, maybe at the expense of not being able to pay it off quite as soon, but that, that would be a eventual goal. Yes. Cool. Okay. We will talk about that as well. Um, so that's great. I, I'm clear on that. And then, um, when it looks, looks like when it comes to life insurance, you have, you, you don't have, yeah. What do you have for life insurance? It's basically just offered through my employer, so they have um, okay. a little bit of uh, a little bit that's taken out of my paycheck just each week uh, for for life insurance um, that covers uh, just my family. So, what's uh, what death benefit? How much is the death benefit? Um, I hmm, trying to remember. Two times salary. I I believe so. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You definitely want to look into that. So I'm just going to put 120 might be more, might be less. Um, Mm -hmm. and then that's it. You don't have any other life insurance. No. Okay. Does Julie have any life insurance? No, she does not. Okay. Definitely. Uh, something I'm going to come back to. Okay. Uh, disability, um, it would be beneficial for you. I see that you don't have any to at least get a quote to know what it would look like to ensure your income. If something happens, one of the things that majority of everybody watching this, they have some, anyone that relies on some type of active income should probably ensure 
that asset. If we just looked at you as an asset, not as a human being, but just as an asset that worked, spit out cash, okay, and kept on spitting out more cash because of inflation, we just looked at that. Um, everything else, we insure our homes, we insure our cars. We would want to ensure that that if, if something happened to that asset, like it broke, that we could insure a part of that income. And if that asset just vanished, that if, if other people are relying on that asset to spit out income, we would want to make sure that that's insured. So I think, oh, so I think it's kind of, sometimes it's weird. It's like insuring my life. I, I like divorce myself or remove myself from that and just say, of the outcome and result that I'm getting, um, what, what could happen that could affect other people? And when it comes to life insurance and disability for you, if you lost your income, that would affect your family. So it's at least important to figure out what it would cost to insure that income. If something happens to you like health wise, and then if something happens to you, like you're taken out, what that, what that would, what the effect of that would be on the family. And, um, you know, for you, I would say you're massively underinsured when it comes to life insurance. So that would be one thing like as a takeaway uh, for you to very much look into is is um, what it would look like to to have proper insurance. We can go through what some of those numbers could look like, how much you should be looking for. Um, so I don't know if you have any questions there, but I. Okay, so health insurance, I'm assuming you're in good shape as it relates to your work. Yes, I am. Long term care, you don't really have to worry about that. Um, you you bundle your home and auto and um, mm -hmm. And you feel good about that. One thing you might want to look into next time you talk to your PNC person is just what an uh, umbrella would look like now that you have a kid and other people come over. Think of an umbrella as just like that overarching liability insurance that um, is, it's just wise to have. It's at least wise to have a quote. So it, it might be, if especially if you bundle everything, it could be pennies, could be penny, a couple, maybe a hundred or two hundred dollars. And that could give you one to two million dollars of just overarching protection based on if anything happens to your to your it, to your house or if it, if you're responsible for something outside. Usually they come back and they look at the umbrella side. So it's just really good liability uh, insurance. Like an example that someone once told me is like if you um, hit a golf ball and you shank it and it hurt hit someone and they get majorly injured. It's mm -hmm. like well come after and sue you and that's where that's where you you would you would have something backing you so it's right. just it's it's a thing okay. that we don't always think about now but it's something for you to look into sure um simple will looks like you just had a simple will updated which is great you don't have a living mm -hmm. will which I, at currently as long as you have your power of attorney which it looks like that's the same thing that you did do you have any questions as it relates to your legal documents it looks like um having a kid uh, or knowing that you were gonna have have a kid woke you up and and you have your ducks in a row as it relates to if anything happens um your family's going to be fine okay mm -hmm. yeah no question um, and then okay no questions there and then you guys both have you you guys like your ford you have 2011 ford fusion and 2012 ford fusion um how, how many miles are on the car so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's awesome. Um, yeah. What? How many? Like, are is there a need for an upgrade to the cars, or how how are um, the cars holding up? 
Yeah, the cars are holding up pretty well. I We would like to upgrade probably to a minivan or an SUV within the next couple of years. Just, uh, I, I'm, a f- I'm a fan minivan. I I, yes. I think the world yes. of minivans, and, and April hates minivans. Oh. Uh, so I don't know if we're ever going to get one, but I, if it was up to me, we'd have uh, two minivans. So I'm a minivan person because of the fuel economy, and you can store just as much, and if not more than a pickup. And then SUVs, oh, yeah. uh, lower fuel economy and uh, i could go on and on but anyhow yes i'm i bet in the next 10 years i'll be driving a minivan um there you go yeah, i love it will it be an electric um, okay minivan, though i will see so. maybe maybe <laughs> maybe t- yeah um okay so in the next when when are you looking to buy a car probably within the minivan? next couple of years okay all right um okay noted and and then obviously you have a newborn that yep. we won't name, um, but congrats on that. And then obviously you're going to find that they're not cheap. So obviously that's <laughs> yes. going to continue to, it's going to be, con- continue to be the asset that continues to um, spend. Um, right. All right. So, um, and then you mentioned that you would like to consolidate investment accounts and begin an LLC for your music and business. So this is, um, this is where, we're going to now jump into Caleb's thoughts on everything, <laughs> which I can't always reframe. As you can see, like what I should be doing is just be asking clarifying questions so that the audience knows where you're at and then go in. But I, sometimes I can't help myself because I get so excited. Um, all right. So first thought you're making 88,000. Um, we did somewhat of a SWOT analysis. I think your job is great. And um, I would look to figure out how you could be, more valuable and figure out, is there anything that you can learn in the IT space, AI or other things that, cause I believe every single company in the future is going to be having like AI, I think is the most exciting and terrifying thing to the IT space. So yeah. it's the people that understand how to use that, that are going to be highly leveraged. And whenever a company companies at the end of the day, you want companies to pay you for the output that you create. And mm-hmm. so one thing that I want to continue to encourage is I'm a big, big fan of you being your greatest asset. And so con- even though you work for a big company, constantly be thinking, how can I be continually more valuable? Because I know people, we have clients at Better Wealth that make a half a million dollars a year in the IT space working for somebody. Okay. Oh. And the only difference between them and you is um, their perception of value is far greater than yours um, and in that space. And so the cool thing about IT is everyone's going to continue to need it, uh, want it. And, and so that's, that's something that it's like, if there's opportunities for you to continue to network, connect, be more valuable, there's even a world where potentially some of the money that you invest, if you could invest money back into yourself and if that could help you make more income, like right now I would be focused on how can I, Isaac, create more money in my job and if there's an avenue, um, you better believe we should run the math. And I'm going to compare it to your 6% in the market and say, what would be better, me invest? And Because once you start earning more money, that's like an acceleration to everything in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that. Any other questions as it relates to that? Uh, I don't think so at this point. Okay. So, so don't hear me wrong. You're doing great. But that's a, that's those are where my mindset would be. Sure. Um, the music, the music side, I think is great that you guys are doing this. Just so you know, 
Um, you don't like you can start writing things off. You don't need an LLC. LLC is just for liability. LLC is what you file. You probably should do. You probably should get an LLC um, because it, it just separates um, and it might make it more official. But at the end of the day, if you're doing certain things, if you're driving, if you're using a portion of your home for business, like you should be working with somebody and figuring out a way to write write that off. Do you pay? Like, what would you say you pay in taxes right now? Mm, I'd have to, I don't know that off the top of my head. Um, but I mean, definitely with our music lesson income that, that got taxed pretty heavily. Um, and I haven't really worked with an accountant to, uh, at at this point just to, uh, to do that. But that's something I would like to to do. I just wasn't sure if maybe an LLC would be the better route or to just write it off with a accountant's, you know, expertise. So, yeah. So, so I would, I would look into make an LLC, just make it more, more official. I'm going to get you a, our tax checklist that just gives you the five fundamental ways for you to pay less in taxes. It talks about entity design, figuring out a game plan as it relates to deductions, figuring out credits, which, you know, having a kid is going to help with that department. (laughs) Um, And then um, I think that's pretty much the things at this point, you don't want to get too fancy. There's some people that figure out ways to pay their kids and stuff. There's a lot, there's, there's, there's things that complicate that. And with your income right now, it probably wouldn't make sense. But the big thing that I would, I would look at is how to write some of your space off that's used for business purposes. And then what are all the things like, and, and here's a cool thing. This is not tax advice. So just don't sue me. Okay. But like, <laughs> let's say you can write off 20% of your home based on business. Let's just hypothetically, maybe it's 10%. What you can say is I bet you use your cell phone mm-hmm. and other things for some of business, some personal. Mm-hmm. So whatever that is, you can write some of your phone you can write some of your internet. You can write some of the other things that you do personally, but you also use for your business. Hmm. And so I think uh, that's another thing that you should like, at least when you kind of build this whole thing out, it's like, hey, we, we're running a business here and there's some things that we can write off, but ultimately um, you can take whatever that percentage is and apply that to other things in your life, like your cell phone and stuff. So these are things <laughs> when you work with your tax person to be able to come together and, um, you know, Right now, it might not be crazy, but as you continue to make more money, figuring out ways to use business, not just to make money, but to re- reduce um, taxes as well is, is something that you should be continually focused on. So that's, uh, that's just some things to look into. I'll get you the tax checklist. And for those of you watching this and want access to the ta- ta- tax checklist, you can get the link. We'll make sure there's a link below because I think it's an amazing for any of you that have a business, have a side project and stuff. You should try to be making money, but then obviously utilizing that to legally reduce some of your taxes as well. Um, the The big thing that I, I see, Isaac, is you're saving it, about 7% of your income. Mm-hmm. Now, when we include the 401k match, that increases, but at the end of the day, your your consumption right now is... 82,000. In other words, your consumption is 93%. Mm-hmm. And that is, um, that's, that's not sustainable from a standpoint of like, when I look at, when I look at your, when I look at your model and I say, okay, you're saving less than 10% right now. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's right now if we if we model this out at you know at six percent and i can show you a little tool that everyone has access to on our website um it's it's gonna it's gonna look pretty abrupt but i think i'll but what that usually shows is for someone like you we have to look at how we can save 15 20 percent um especially if we're going to do the six percent assumption long term so that's one thing that i would highlight and just say like i know with just you, you know you got a home which probably made things you know increase cash flow mm-hmm. you had a have a kid yes <laughs> increase i'm just letting you know that and, and i know you i know you from this standpoint you're not a crazy spender so mm-hmm. i'm just letting you know from a from a taking my emotion out of it um we got to figure out how to double your your ability to save which may mean making more and just every dollar that you make is is savings mm-hmm. um or it might look at auditing where you're where you're spending your money. Now you were kind enough to give me some of your statements and you're not spending out of control. So there's, there's not, I'm not going to be here. Dave Ramsey saying eat on rice and beans and all that stuff. I'm just letting you know, currently, if we model out what you 30 years from now, if nothing changes other than you're making more money and you keep that ratio, mm-hmm. um, not going to look great. Um, okay. so just letting you know that, I don't know if you have any questions, but I'll, I'll show you, after we're done, what I mean by that. Sure. Yeah. Uh, not really any questions at this point, I guess. Um, I, I guess maybe I would like to follow up just with the music lesson thing. If on top of an LLC, uh, I had toyed around the idea of maybe making a music curriculum just for some of our students and maybe okay. uh, selling that. Is that something that we could include as part of an LLC in any way? Or is that yeah, so separate? What I would do... Yeah, this is what I would do is I would make an LLC and have your have both your music and anything music related be in that LLC. Okay. And and whether it's courses and other thing and everything that you do, if you're making a course and you use a video camera and you use like these are things that you can write off, which is which is awesome. So like you can get creative there. Um, I'm I am a fan. Like, yeah, man, I think we we live in two thousand. 23 going on 24 like we live in some of the greatest times to create and mm-hmm. especially with your knowledge and and you and julie if mm-hmm. you guys can create courses that some people can then buy to teach their kids and how to play music mm-hmm. what i love so much about that business is like you you do one input you're making one video it might take you a little bit longer than that, a student mm-hmm. but then that thing can work for you the rest of your life mm-hmm. That's true. And you literally like you could potentially have 10 people watching your course and it doesn't cost you a single extra minute of your day if it's set up properly. Mm. So I'm a big, big fan of the gig economy and I'm a big fan of, of people like you taking your business, which you make $30,000 a year, which is amazing, um, and continue to figure out what are other things that I can add to that business to be able to make more money. Sure. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. Um, okay. So you got, you got about 60,000 of money in different accounts. We've talked about consolidating. think that's a no brainer. Um, and I'm highlighting the, uh, one, 1,200 that you put to a Roth that I'm highlighting because it's like, great right now that's going, let's say it's going to earn six or 7% long-term. Um, and I would constantly be asking the question, is there better places to be saving and investing my money right now, 
we'll say the Roth is where it is, but let's set the bar there. And there may be other things. And mainly when I say that, it comes down to your business and your Mm -hmm. ability to make more at your W-2 job. If you can put your money in alternative things that can increase cash flow, like I just, I just want to, I want to do that. This is going to be really, really helpful for you. So 1200, so if you take 1,200, that's equivalent to you putting into a Roth and you earn 6%, that's an equivalent of you earning $72 of cash flow. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Here's my question. This is going to be eye opening. If I put that 1200 in something else, like a video camera, like a core, maybe you go somewhere to, could I make more than $72? And obviously this compounds because the next year you're, but this is the frame. And if the answer is no, then you should put your money in your Roth. Mm -hmm. But like, let's say you're saving, like say $5,000 a year. Okay. And you're like, should I put this in my Roth or should I put it other places? I'm saying, okay, at a 6% rate of return, that's $300 of cash flow that's being created. Mm-hmm. The question that I have is with $5,000, should I be putting it into a Roth IRA that's going to make 300 and it's going to compound? Or would it be better off put in a different activity that could have a greater result than 300? Mm-hmm. And okay. for some people, like I know people that $5,000 started their business that makes over six figures. Hmm. How dumb would it be for them to put their money in their Roth and never start that thing? Right. I also know people that start a business that never make money and they use it as a way to just spend more to justify. Hmm. So this is where it's a, it's not, it's not a cutter, you know, it's, it's not a super clear cut, but for someone like you, I would err on the side of, making more money and figuring out how to invest in areas that help you make more money because everything gets better when you can increase every year bottom line versus if you don't then you can be making that six seven maybe eight percent but it's on a certain amount of money if you're able to increase your asset that spits out cash Mm -hmm. if you're able to increase that obviously everything gets better because there's more cash that's getting spit out that makes sense so my non-investment advice is obviously we need to figure out ways to save more, mm-hmm. which may not be possible with your current. I For right now, I wouldn't do anything with your 401k. I think the match is awesome. But I would, um, I would be thinking like the money that I'm currently saving, I would do whatever the percentage is, take that number, multiply it by that percentage, figure out that cash flow number and make that the metric to be like, could I make more in something else if I invested it. And if the answer is no, put it into that Roth. If the answer is yes, don't feel pressure to just invest in a Roth just to invest in a Roth. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. Um, but there needs to be that accountability for for that. So savings, um, you have 16, you have about 20, $23,000 altogether. If, if everything stopped stopped right now how long would this like how long would you guys could you live off of twenty three thousand? Oh, let's see here i would say for at least maybe 20 24 months potentially really wow potentially i'd say closer to 20 20 months okay 
Is that I mean your mortgage would almost eat that up pretty quickly, but you right, have right. other you <laughs> have you have other yeah 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 <laughs> ten months how, how does yeah, ten months so, no. sorry um, you have other investments and other things yeah. so I I look at your situation I think you're in good shape you're in good shape I like six months to a year's worth of safe reserve mm-hmm. um, and I would figure out what that number is and I would just be aware of it. But I think right now you're in a good place, especially to double down in your business. I wouldn't say that you need to, I, I what's really speaking to me is that I think, I think you're, you can find ways to make more money, whether it's in your business or in your career or both. And that might take some time and money investment. I think that could be one of the best things that you do. Okay. So, um, we're, we're good. We're good there. Um, definitely consolidate. So you have less headaches there when it comes to your when it comes to your loan, dude, my advice, not advice, is keep paying the minimum payment. Okay. I I think you need to start having the mindset of I need to create, I need to create more than six percent. And um, I think at this point, if you have more money than you know what to do with, pay it off. But mm-hmm. at this point, right now, when it comes to you starting a family and other things, um, if you put more money into this and then you want it back, you're not getting it back. You're right. not going to be like, oh, let me do it. So it's one of those things where I would I would rather have more control over my money. And I would rather even, I would put this in a savings account before I pay this thing off faster, um, knowing that I just value, I would just value that extra money to be able to do what I want to do. If you weren't, weren't working on a business on the side and you're like, I'm super content with my, with my work mm-hmm. and there's nothing else there, I would say mathematically you could pay it off or invest. It wouldn't really matter in the end. Um, okay. So with with all the other things that I talk about, I would just keep paying the minimum. Um, that's personally what I would do, but you could do whatever makes you sleep best at night around that. Okay. Um, your home, I think is great. I think the game plan should be as interest rates lower. Um, this is going to be an amazing opportunity to potentially refinance. Even if you want to pay off your home faster refinancing is going to be beneficial what refinancing does is it gives you a smaller payment and potentially gives you equity out and my philosophy as it relates to good debt is it increases your cash flow currently and future it increases your net worth and it reduces your risk hmm. and i think having a mortgage does all three of those things for you. It helps you with cash flow now and in the future. It helps you with your net worth and it reduces your risk. Here's my example. If you were, Isaac, to pay put all your assets, including your savings and checking, into your home, mm-hmm. you would be paying less in interest, correct? Yes. You would and you would have you would you're you would knock it out. And so some people would be like, put all your money into your mortgage because it's six point five percent. You could make the argument that that's mathematically even good. Because you're, mm-hmm. you're potentially paying more interest than what you're making. Here's why that would not be a good idea. If something happens to you, mm-hmm. if there's an emergency, if there's a, I know you don't have disability income insurance, if there's something that happens to you, boom, you're, you have no money. Mm-hmm. And so my question is, would you rather have money and options or a paid off home and mm-hmm. no options? And banks don't like loaning money to people that don't have a job or options. So for me, I, I look at the mortgage as like, I don't think you're over, like you're not over obligating yourself. You, I, you know, your home's awesome. Mm-hmm. And I just think like, oh, I look at a mortgage as a tool 
that as long as it can help you with your cash flow, increase your net worth and reduce your risk, do it. The moment that it doesn't do those things, you can pay it off. But I think the likelihood of you staying in this house over the next 30 years is low. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be wrong, but I think it could be an amazing investment property in the future and all that stuff. And, and uh, I think you paying off your home is, it would not be a goal that I would have personally. I would put my energy into how can I create more value to make more money and potentially thinking investing versus paying off debt, especially since I believe over the next 10, 15 years, we're going to, we're going to have an opportunity where interest rates will be half this, which would dramatically help your payment. Yeah, definitely. So I think your house situation is great. Um, and I just want to forecast that in the future of some of the things to look at. Definitely. All right. Life insurance. Um, this is probably the one, one area that I think you are, you, you need to take some action on. And, um, if I take your, if I take your income and let's just say you never make an increase you know, let's just say you make, I'll, I'll just say 60,000. Just, we're okay. not going to use the music. We just multiply this over the next 30 years. You're, you're, and again, we're unemotional about you. You're an asset that's going to produce $1.8 million, assuming you never get a raise. <laughs> Meaning you're going to make $3 million plus over your lifetime. So if you had a asset that was worth two to $3 million and you didn't have that insured, you probably wouldn't sleep well at night. Mm. Yeah. And so all I would say is it's less for me of like the, do you love your family? Yada, yada. Like, I think obviously with where you're at, you want at least enough life insurance to that. If something happens to you and you're looking down, you're like, man, like I'm, they have enough to have options. And I think even with the, the, policy that you have with work, you're giving them option, Julie options to pay some of the mortgage and stuff. I'm a big fan of, of like ensuring human life value. And I would, I, I think your human life value is two to $3 million. I'm not saying you need to get a two or $3 million life insurance, but I would look at quotes okay. and as a, as, as of someone, I would look at a one, one and a half two $2 million term, maybe like a 20 year term. And, um, I would, I would look, look for that. And then I would also look for Julie, but she, she can, um, you can just factor in what that would, maybe she, you know, looking at like the value that she produces and, you know, obviously on the internet, people are going to attack me on this. I think like realistically, like what I should say is you, she should max get max life insurance as well. If I had to choose where, where to put the life insurance, it's going to be on you as the bread, bread winner. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I also think it would be beneficial for her to get a quote as well. So that's something that, um, we can help with. You can also shop around. There's a lot of different people out there. Um, and obviously, you know, that I'm a big fan of, of overfunding life insurance in the future. And so the one thing that you will want to look into is right now it doesn't make sense in your financial situation to have whole life insurance. It may make sense in the future if you're like, Hey, I want a place to save and store my money to invest in things. And so one of the things that I would look at is when you're, when you're getting life insurance is, can this be converted 
to a permanent policy in the future, at least to give you the option. I'm a fan of more options versus less options. And so sure. that's something that we can, we can help you with. And you can, you can kind of compare uh, what, you, what you want to do, but I definitely would, that w- that's something that I would be extremely happy about if you walked away saying like, Hey, this is something that I'm going to take action on. Mm-hmm. I also think getting a quote for disability uh, income insurance is going to be key and, and you can make the decision of, where you want to go there. You do have savings, which is helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, we, when we think of disability, we think of like, I'm not going to be disabled. A lot of times health wise, um, it's things that we don't necessarily, it's not like you're going to trip on the sidewalk. It's <laughs> health, health wise, something could take you out. And we, we know people personally that, you know, couldn't, could, couldn't work. I, I think I think that's this is less important to me than the life insurance, but it's something that I think is still get a quote and we can help you with that if that's something that you want to just get a quote on. So that's those are two things. Do you have any questions as it relates to that? You can push back. I have uh, benefit elections coming up for my job actually within the next couple of weeks where I can reevaluate just the life insurance and the disability. I may very well have those, but I just haven't gotten into the nitty gritty details as far as what that's costing me or how much it's covering. But I can, that's definitely a good takeaway, something to look into. Just because, um, okay. yeah, oftentimes it's something I will go through once a year and then uh, don't really touch again. Yep. Just even this conversation was really helpful to to know that, yeah, I, I should probably evaluate this. Just I like how you put it, too. It's just I'm, you know, the the main breadwinner. And if something were to happen to me, you yeah. know, that looking at the one point five to maybe three million that I could produce over my lifetime. So that makes a total sense. The other cool thing is again, and in, in having, because I have a lot of life insurance, actually April has a lot of life insurance as well, is like knowing that we have so many things that we want to do. We have so many things that we want to do and how we want to serve people. Mm-hmm. And we're going to do that while we're alive. But if God forbid something happens to us, we know that we're, we're ensuring that that will be able to happen. Right. And so that, that's cool. I think that's, that's awesome. Um, look into umbrella insurance next time you talk to the PNC. Um, okay. I feel like watching football, every other commercial is you bundle your home and auto. Do you bundle? So right. I think, uh, I think, I think you're in good hands and I think there's a lot of wisdom in getting a second opinion just to make sure it's always good to see like, are you overpaying on things or whatnot? Mm-hmm. Um, and then when it comes to your minivan, um, this is something that I would start setting aside account and saving for, I, I don't want you tapping into your emergency fund. So if you decide on, Hey, I, we need $30,000 of like the emergency fund, you really shouldn't tap into that to buy a car. I would rather you take a loan than pay cash and drain your emergency fund. That's how, that's how serious I am about that. Um, but I just think, I, I just think one of the things that's really going to help you is if you, if you as a family can make more money because, um, you know, there's, there's a lot, lots of things that I know that you guys are going to want to continue to do. And that's going to be, that's going to be super key. So uh, that's what I would say about that. So there's a couple good takeaways. I think the investment takeaway is like under looking at it less from a rate of return and more of like, what are my inputs? Mm-hmm. Like, for example, I'm just going to do this because I care a lot about you getting this example. If you, you, if I look at your portfolio, your stock portfolio right now, it's 40,000, let's just say. 
and let's just say it earns six percent that means your forty thousand dollar asset bundled up is 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 creating two thousand four hundred of cash flow now i say cash flow because it's it's kind of, but you, you don't get that money, but it's, mm-hmm. it's your accounts are growing. So we'll say, so my question to you is hypothetically, and this is where like, I just hear me out here. There's a world where people have taken $40,000 and bought a, a, a real estate and they're able to create way more annually than 2,400 in cash flow. Mm. Or someone, I, I know, I mean, Better Wealth was started on $20,000 and look at where we've grown in the team. So I'm not saying this is not for everyone, right? I'm just saying the way that I think it's like, okay, there's a bench line and the, you, that's great, but never feel t- so trapped in and always look at like, what are the alternatives? I'm a big fan of opportunity cost. What's the cost of doing this versus this? And I think there's, there's just, it's a really, really good exercise to be like every financial decision I make has a consequence. It's there. These are the good things that are going to happen. These are the consequence paying off your home. You pay less in interest. That's a really, really good thing. The consequences though, is you may have less access to that money and it's unable to do other things for you. So paying off a 2% mortgage, you don't have to pay that interest, but the opportunity cost of that, um, you know, putting your money in the market benefit, there's a cost to that. Doing anything, putting your time and money into a business, Mm -hmm. there's a cost to that. And so everything that we need to do, we need to understand the pros and cons. Um, But that's just a really good, really good benefit. And then I just, I would, um, we got to save more. Let me, let me share with you. This is something on our website that anyone can access, but it's just a good, just a good tool. So I'm, I'm taking, this is a, just a self-assessment tool. Um, and I'm, I'm putting you, um, I'm 26 to 65. I'm just putting you at 65 just for the, this example. Okay. And, um, you have $40,000. I'm saying you're saving $6,000 a year. Um, I am projecting it to increase 3%. So if we just take the 6% and we increase that by 3% and then I'm showing 6%, I'll also show you an 8% just to show you what that would look like. And then after 65, I'm assuming it's going to earn 4% because it just factors in being more safe when you hit retirement. Um, I'm showing 88,000. I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt to say 88,000 is going to all grow at 3%. We just talked about the music may or may not, but I think after this conversation, you're going to find a way to continue to grow that, whether it's courses or other things. Mm-hmm. We're starting at age 26. We're stopping at 65. Okay. So we're just saying we're stopping at cold Turkey because this is the traditional model. I'm also going to include $40,000 social security. I don't know if social security is going to be around but we'll just include something because I think there will be some safety net to be fair. Okay. So the green line is your consumption. So right now you're consuming $82,000. Okay. You're consuming 93% of your income. Um, At age 65, your current consumption, meaning that what, what you're spending now, 82,000, at a 3% inflation rate, Isaac, is going to be a whopping, you'll need to spend $260,000 just to maintain what you're currently spending today. 
Wow. It's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> and and again, like in our more advanced models that we help with people, we can reduce that if people are like, well, I, you know, let's reduce that. But really when we start measuring things, majority of people don't want to reduce their standard of living. Yes, there's going to be maybe less things in retirement that you have to worry about, but like there's also things that you're not even expecting, like grandchildren and travel. And when every day is a Saturday and a Sunday, you tend to spend more and you're not. So there's, it, it kind of balances itself out. This is something that's like, is not understood is because we're like, man, we're, we're spending 82,000 30 years from now. It's a whole lot more. Mm-hmm. And so what, what we essentially did is we also gave the benefit that your money never lost, earned 6% all the way to 65 and then earned 4%. And we're giving it a 3% raise each, each year. And you see that you run out of money at age 73, like completely. Um, and then you're living off of social security. So we could, we could earn, let's just say 8% and boom, now we, now it drops off at age 80. Now that's, what's the likelihood of you making 8% every single year. Dave Ramsey would say 12%, 12, if you can earn 12% every single year, boom, in this model, you're good. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that's responsible to be like 12%. I just don't see people doing it time, over and over. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, if we go back to like a 7% rate of return, this is kind of the metric. Um, and so I think it's, I think it's important for you to see this because mm-hmm. you guys are doing great and you're being responsible, but projecting what you're currently doing, project it out. If nothing else changes, um, it's, it's, it's not, that's not a balanced model. And so our goal is how do we make it balanced, which is, you know, right now, I think the answer is figure out how to create, create, more income, create mm-hmm. more value, um, and know that your assets that you have right now use this six percent benchmark, seven percent benchmark. Figure out can I make more at Vanguard? Like mm-hmm. figure out the pros and cons of that, but then also always compare it to what could I also do, and at least that's available. At least that's available to how you think, um, and then and then. Yeah. I mean, I, I hope, I don't want this to be depressing to look at. I just think it's like with inflation and with how things work, I just, majority of people, their models are fully broken. They think what they're doing in their 401k and all that stuff. They just don't want to think about it. But the reality is we're, we're like doing a fraction of what we should be doing. That's why I'm a big fan of like creating cash flow streams and really understanding future cash flow. Mm-hmm. Um, Last thing I'll do is if we do a future value calculator, um, I should probably just have a go-to future value. So if we we do your beginning balance of 40, 40,000, we enter in, let's just say we're saving $8,000 a year. I'm going to do this a year. Now, this is not fully accurate because as inflation grows, you'll probably be saving more, but I just want to show you. Let's say you're going to earn 8%. Number of years, let's do 40. Calculate your future value. Your future value is 3.2 million. Hmm. I'm doing something wrong here. Annual interest rate. No, I think this might be right. 40 years. 40 years is a long time. Okay. So you're 66. 3.2 million. Um, but 
if you take 4% of that, it's 129,000, mm -hmm. which is, which is awesome. But if we go back to, you know, at 66, your current, your current consumption is going to be 267. Hmm. So there's not going to be a lot of people, Isaac, that tell you, oh, you're a failure. You have $3.2 million in 40 <laughs> years from now. We'd be like, this is pretty great. And it is. And there, there's a lot of other strategies that we could do from a planning perspective. But I just want you to know, like, this is if everything, this is everything like you never lose any money, 40 years and all that. It's like, boom, you have multiple millions. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, like 3.2 million is insane amount of money right now to think about. Mm -hmm. and, and, and when we think about inflation and the, the dollars getting less and less valuable, it's hard to imagine that that nest egg is going to make this model run out of money. Now, again, for all the haters online, we could reduce your standard of living and all these things. These are all the things that we could do like from a coaching standpoint and be like, all right, we're going to adjust this and this and this. I'm just pointing out that um, these are these are just things to to think through. And um, yeah, so I don't know if you have any questions, but I, I hope this was helpful, man. Yeah, no, this was extremely helpful. Thanks for running those numbers as well. It's it's helpful to see just um, yeah. I mean, I, I kind of understood that in our current situation, just with being new homeowners and then having a child and stuff, you know, we'd be a little bit crunched and would be a little bit, it wouldn't be as much leeway and such. But I, I do think that, you know, as um, I progress in my career and learn more within IT and even what you were saying just about creating more value with the business I, you know, my wife and I have, yep. and all of that can definitely help matters quite a bit. So. Dude, you're, you're, if you look back on what you've what you've done, I'm incredibly proud of the work that you've done, and um, you should be very very proud of where you're at with the mindset that you have going forward. And um, you're not going to regret starting a family. You're not going to regret certain things that maybe on paper don't make sense, but like mm -hmm. you know, that's that that's what's so funny about this whole thing is 30 years from now, like what's really going to matter is the memories, the the things that you really did that are going to affect you know people's lives and all and all. And so. Um, keep doing what you're doing, be encouraged, know that in a lot of times <laughs> in your twenties is where it's like, um, like a lot of people are going to look at this and get discouraged themselves. Cause they're going to be like, where, like, where do I begin? Um, <laughs> and I just want you to know that, um, it's really cool that you're willing to have these conversations because the fact that you're thinking the next 10, 15, 20 years this way, man, no, no bad debt like you have a home that has options in the future. You have like, man, you're in a great place. And, um, Thank I'm, you. I'm excited for you. I, I want to just call to action. Anyone who has questions, who wants to be on the show, maybe wants to go be brave like Isaac and give, give me your numbers or just ask a question. I'm, I want to have conversations like this. Cause I really, really do believe that the way we think about money, the way that we think about intentional living, the way that we think about that is different than the typical way of, of thinking about money. And I just, I believe that the more conversations like we have are going to shed a lot of light and open a lot of doors and maybe encourage people to take that maybe risk that they need in their life. Um, and now when you put math to it, it's like, it's not that big of a risk, especially when you realize when you factor in things like regret and other things in your life and, and being like, man, I want something that I'm, 
I want a life that I look back on. I'm proud of it being well lived. And when you factor in math to that, it's the math and the numbers are telling you to do that. And Mm -hmm. and a lot of times people need that permission to be like, I'm going to show up powerfully. And so with that, man, it's a pleasure to have you on. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Give, give Julie my best. Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could hit subscribe, leave a review, and share this with the people that you know and love.